This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. All you gotta do is trust me. Johnny G. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, not currently present. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, longtime friend, first-time guest, it's Phil Augusta Jackson. What's up, dog? Yo. What's up, my dude? That was special. I love it. I toned it down a little I bit. I love that. Because my upstairs neighbor is currently either recording or practicing music. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, in the most L.A. shit ever, we're podcasting. Your roommate is playing the guitar. My upstairs neighbor's jamming out. <laughs> that's right. It's, that's the way it's supposed to be. It somehow feels different than New York. New York would just be like just something different yeah well new york would be like my upstairs neighbor is banging a trash can with a hammer and it's like yes. why yeah i don't think it's music yeah. i think it's, <laughs> yeah it's art it's his first new art show yeah yeah there's yeah. nuance there's nuance <laughs> yeah la has that vibe where if you see someone doing something crazy you're like oh they're filming something in new york exactly. someone's doing something crazy you're like oh th- that that person's having a rough go <laughs> or yeah they're having a rough time and they're making art out of it yeah they're an art collective they're a part yes. of something no one yes. including their family members knows they're an artist but they constantly <laughs> consider <laughs> they're themselves. getting it done exactly uh so you're the number one fuck boy yeah, and I and this is something I did as a bit like 150 yeah. episodes ago, and I managed to tie myself to. I don't yeah. know when that gets. That was like when the word first came around. I was like, yeah. oh, that's such a funny word, and now I'm like beholden to it. But to be almost 40 and married and call myself a fuckboy is like a weird. I think that's why it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think like like a fuckboy doesn't get married for like over a decade or however long you've been married right, <laughs> you're like, you're like that's like the number you you are exhibiting the anti number one fuckboy tendency which is like long-term commitment so i think yeah. in that way you're flipping it on its head and i really appreciate that yeah i've been fucking the same woman for 17 years which i'm sure she'd be proud that that's how i'm referring to it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's Guess, uh, that's I'm, what it is <laughs> i'm arguably too into commitment um <laughs> no one would argue that uh, except for maybe 22 <laughs> year old gabers mm-hmm. so phil yes w- what's what's going on man we haven't seen each other. our usual catch-up is ask cat at U- ucb and uh yep. live performance is not a thing ucb potentially not a thing who fucking knows what anything is currently but <sighs> you've been staying sane out there i know you work uh so that Eat, that yeah. takes some time but are you staying sane out there i mean i'm doing the best i can i feel like this this year is like uh and i don't think i'm alone in this this year is just like a weird feels like we just got thrown into like a t- time hole where like time isn't the construct that i believed it to be before the <laughs> pandemic and when I, so so maybe i'm not okay <laughs> but I, but like it, like for example like the days before 2 p.m. tend to like be normal days and then I don't know what happens between 2 and 8 p.m. but it's all of a sudden just 8 p.m. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and then, I, I kind of feel that. I can feel that. Yeah, bro. And then on the other side of that, I'll be like, what the fuck? It's Monday? It's only Monday? But literally the next time I have this thought, it's going to be Sunday night. Yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? Heard... I feel like the weeks go slow fast and the days go slow fast in a way that I've never 
I, I heard someone. I heard someone rephrase it as the days are long and the months are short. Yes, and I kind of, I kind of dig that. I'm kind of like, fuck, dude, I can't believe it's three. Oh, I got this thing with Phil at six. Okay, well, it's one now. Oh, what time is it now? One fifteen. <laughs> like, yeah. holy shit, nothing. Time's not moving. And then I'll blink, and it'll be it's August. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like it was fucking. I feel like every time I yeah. talk about the pandemic, I'm like, I don't know, like a couple of months ago, and my wife's like, bro, it's been like 150 days. I, now. I, 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 hope, I really hope that was verbatim. Did she go, bro? It's been. She's like, bro, the fuck, bro. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I also had this thing happen, and I wasn't high at the time, where like I, I had like 10 minutes before I had to start work, but I had like five things I wanted to do. And then I was like, I'm going to get these things done. And in that moment, I was like, I'm in control of time. Like, I made the time go slower somehow. This all felt, I, I obviously didn't. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like, in a weird way, I was like, I wasn't supposed to be able to get those five things done in 10 minutes. Time is, time is crazy right now. That's funny you say that, because before when you said time is crazy, I almost interjected with, do you remember rushing? Like, I think I had yeah. to rush before March, there were times in my life where I'm like, oh, I have to rush. I better quickly get dressed and get in the car. It's like, yeah. I got, I better pay for valet because I'm running so late. I got to do blank or I'll meet you there or text that I'm running 10 minutes late. Like, I remember yep. a time in my life when I had to rush. Now, if there's a positive of this pandemic, it's having not feeling that. Although every once in a while, I'm like on the shitter and like it's I got like 40 seconds to a podcast it's not the same do. yeah it's not the same i'm one minute away the stakes are much lower yeah, yeah the stakes are yeah. much lower and you're still going to be on time right right i thought when you said when you started that you were like do you remember rushing i was like gabrus we didn't go to the same college <laughs> i did i never pledged i <laughs> do you I remember, rushing? You, <laughs> remember when me and you were freshmen at mizzou <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> Jesus. I was like man i've missed a oh, there's a whole that's, block of time that's when you got to look at your email and go all right, what is Gabrus's podcast? Yeah, again? what is this I said, podcast? <laughs> I, said I guess I, I just agree to <laughs> memories that don't exist. That's the podcast. <laughs> that's the pro- that's always my shit too. You're like, yeah, I'll do your podcast. That sounds fun as hell. You sit down, they're like, great. So do you have your top twenty favorite things that have ever made you cry? And I'm like, yeah. oh no, so I so much homework. <laughs> I should have read the email. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel uh, you. But no, yeah, I, I was not a fraternity guy either. Uh, not my. I was for sure had all the trappings of it i was a party mm-hmm. animal who dressed like an asshole and lived in a house with 10 sh- straight dudes but we weren't uh a fraternity you weren't certified <laughs> we were proud to not be a fraternity we were like that level of scumbaggery where we're like we don't even want to organize our alcoholism like that's great we, yeah. <laughs> yeah why organize it <laughs> yeah why pay dues to do what we're doing here we're just getting fun we're gonna do the same shit except now no one cleans the house rather than pledges. Instead we That's just real. Have, instead we That's live real. in trash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh well the shit I want to talk to you about because uh I you're you're a guy I know who has multiple things going on at any given moment, but I want to talk about side hustles because this feels like and even more so now, I'm like and side hustle means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I don't mean necessarily the side hustle where you make money. I mean the side hustle that keeps you feeling good about yourself or keeps your brain yeah. free or yep. scratches an itch that creative itch or whatever, you know, fitness itch, whatever it is, because for a long time, comedy is our side hustle. I think you were a, a copywriter when I first met you or some shit. I, right? uh, I was working in advertising. I was a brand strategist. So I was the guy who told the copywriters and art directors what 
who the target what the market client was, wanted or whatever. what the client yeah. wants, the, the yeah. demographic and all that insights and all that stuff. So, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So at that time, comedy is your side hustle. Eventually sure. you start becoming a, t- a comedy writer, TV writer, it was performer. So thankful. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, so awesome. Cool. <laughs> and then eventually you start doing comedy and then you're like, well, now what's my, I mean, you've always been a musician and a poet and shit, but like yeah. n- now don't you get, I find now that I'm doing com- comedy was so freeing when I was just a PA or whatever, but comedy was yep. what I always wanted to do. Yep. Now that I'm doing comedy, anything else I do, I know is not for my career. Yep. So there's like this energy where I'm like, oh, this is just fun that I'm into blank right now. Whether it's like, I just fucking, you know, like when I trained for a half marathon or uh, get into this side project or try to do this shit on the side, like learning Spanish, all these like weird things I want to do. It feels so good to not do comedy for some reason. Yeah, I love doing it, but when you're not, do- when you're choosing not to do it and not thinking about it, it's a whole nother fucking headspace. A hundred percent. I totally agree. I think it is one of those things where like when the thing that you love becomes a thing that pays you, your relationship with it irrefutably changes. You know what I mean? Holy so shit, yeah. That's so the realest way, simplest way to say that. <laughs> that's, I mean, and, and it's like, you know, I remember, you know, back in the day doing, you know, indie shows at like Dreamboat and shit like that. And you, you, you coach us a couple of times. You're like, you guys are, you guys are pretty good. But that was just us doing it like, just because we love to do it. We were paying to do it. Right, And, right. you know, <clears throat> and I think, I actually think, you know, improv wise, it's still, at least the way that we're talking about a side hustle, that still is a side hustle because we, we never have and never will get paid. <laughs> right. Yeah. I will say my, my relationship with improv has not fundamentally changed upon receiving yeah. my one uh, yeah. tour co paycheck or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's like, I think, especially for, for, for creative creative folks and i think everybody has elements of creativity to them it's just nice to have the thing that you can do without uh the fear of oh i'm gonna lose a job or i need to i need to satisfy boss x y and z i think i think that's the thing that people need i'd almost say irrespective of what industry you're in you need a thing and some people's thing is like i'm just gonna go take my aggression out on the golf course. I don't know yeah, why that was my on, first example. Or on the heavy bag or like I'm going to I'm going to run, I'm going to fish, I'm going to uh knit, I'm going to yeah. uh, rebuild this car, I'm going to yes. uh, learn outdoor three survival more. shit. Give me yeah. three more. I need three more. This is well, crazy how you're able to do this. Yeah, I, this is me just me, missing initiations. It, it took me 15 <laughs> seconds to say golf. And you were just you just rattled off like 10. I, trust me, I'm I'm so obsessed with hobbies and cuz I find that my comedy and everything when I have my brain off and I'm just like, oh, I have to do a six mile run today, or yeah. uh, me, uh, me and the guys are going to learn, uh, going to play frisbee, or I'm I'm taking a surfing class, a scuba class. Like when I do that stuff, and it's true. Like it's the fact it's got that meditation element where you're taking your brain off. You're not thinking about the story that you have to crack or some kind. Of, you're not thinking even in comedy bits, or yep. you're not even worried about how you come across comedically, which is like yeah. kind of like I like. When we met, I was playing rugby in New York at the time while I was mm-hmm. doing comedy, and it was the most freeing I ever felt because like rugby b- people thought I was funny, uh, comedy people thought it was crazy that I played rugby. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very good at either, but I just like was when I was playing rugby, I didn't have to think about comedy, and when I was doing comedy, I could be like, well, sh- worst case scenario, I get to fucking play rugby and get Hell drunk yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. And you know what ends up happening, at least for me, 
It's like, okay, uh, I, I want to get into traveling a little bit more. You know what I mean? So, uh, oh, after years, I get to go to Spain with my fellas. I'm in Spain just taking in the culture, the food, things of that nature. I get back. I got, like, hella ideas. Just right. because, just because I took that trip, you know what I mean. Just because I did that intramural sport, like to your point, I think yeah. all that stuff. And my my other thing is like uh, that I've I've been on for like longer than I think I even realized personally because I would do this in New York. I would just walk everywhere in New York, and I think now it's like I'm still walking like you know 15, 20 miles a week in between other exercises. But just walking and unplugging helps me. Yes, dude. I would almost consider that it's not a hustle, but it's 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 hustle adjacent in that it like is an escape for me that I think ends up fueling the creative elements that I do actually have stakes on and responsibilities and the stuff that does pay the bills. You know what I mean? Bro, I just got into, I've never been like a real, like I would always go for walks. Like if I was in a new place or when I'm on tour or something, just to sightsee that way or when I'm back in New York, Yeah. but I haven't been a real, like I've always been just, Oh, I'll exercise for exercise. But in this quarantine, I'm not getting the exercise that I want to get. And then also my wife's working from home. We're just home all day. And I'm like, Fuck, I, I'll just go for an hour walk just to get like it come like I'll take a you know, I'll take a little hit of weed, throw an audiobook yeah. on and yeah. like take off. Yeah. And like the su- the sunshine, the not looking at my phone, the uh getting a little sweaty, the seeing uh, uh, other people, seeing street signs, seeing what's changing, yeah. run seeing weird cars, seeing weird dudes, seeing like yeah. forty teens on fucking electric it's, bikes and shit. It's kind it's of like, beautiful. It's like <laughs> it's cool, it's an experience. It's cool to see shit not through a screen too is like part of what yeah. it is. And it's like, you don't get to like, you can find yourself trapped inside. It's pretty easy to be inside all day and be like, even yeah. when I wasn't working, I watched this fucking amazing movie on this beautiful screen and stuff. But then you'll be like, oh, I don't think I saw a person that I don't live with today, except yeah, on it, Zoom or whatever. It is a yeah. weird feel. It is a weird feeling, but I totally feel you on the walks. I mean, the longest walk that I've taken here in Los Angeles is 16 miles. I went from Los Feliz <laughs> and I walked to... um. What's that? It's the it's the is it like Beverly Hills Park or whatever? Yeah, where yeah. Have, where that? Yeah, I walk there and where then I it walk says back. Beverly Hills, like right yeah. on there on Santa Monica. Yeah. I walk from <laughs> Los Feliz to there, and then I walk back. I, I got I just, friends I, that live by you that won't drive to see me, and I got <laughs> <laughs> and you're walking past my place and continue, yeah. that's fucking wild, dude. And then I had the biggest seafood dinner. And you earned Later it. Later that night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I actually remember, I think we talked, uh, I was talking to you at ASCAD a while back and you were telling me, yeah, I go out for like an hour plus every morning, like every day you were going for yeah. long ass walks as long as mm-hmm. I've known. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I've, I've kind of like, I've got like a set of like things that I do as like an escape now. So like as a mental escape. So the walking is still a big part of that. When I was talking to you, I think at that ASCAT, that's when literally like Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. I go out for a five-mile walk every day and then do like a longer one on the weekends if I had time. But now I do that and I got this uh, I got this spin bike, this indoor like soul cycle bike. So I, between Shit. those two, those are like the two things that I do to like keep my cardio up. But I didn't know. Walking is like, like old people walk and like old people that walk, like it just like, I think there's studies. It just like helps. It's like your body's like meant to walk. Yeah. Like we're, meant, we're meant to be like walking around, which is kind of... Nice. Well, it's walking doesn't feel like real exercise for when if you're a runner and a lifter. But then uh, if you're a runner and a lifter and you have to walk five miles one day, you're like, this fucking kills my legs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And walking is like that shit that like uh, talk about old people. Walking is that thing that's like 
just being ambulatory is a very good sign of health. Like being yeah. able to walk is a sign of health. Getting up and off the ground is yeah. a very good sign of health. And like that's a shit that's shit that like even when you're in your late 30s, early 40s, you're like, oh, I gotta like try to get up, gotta go, you know, your yeah. feet start and like that walking shit is for real. I'm all about that low impact shit. And also, Apple Watch don't lie. Like you do five miles, your apple it's like you you burn anywhere from like I think minimum like 350 calories to like 500 calories. If you're like a yeah. calorie counting type of person, that's right, like a full right. ass meal. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's it's like it's it's weird that like because to your point, it's like at first, it's you think about it, you're like that's you're not doing anything. That's not real exercise. But you, if you're out there for an hour plus, like that's even a half hour is like yeah. really good. But just also the. And that this is where I get into like old man, first world, first world problems. But like the fact that you're walking for an hour and uh, or a half hour, whatever it is, is like you're not on your phone. Or even if you do look at it, you're not fucking bent over it the whole time because yeah. that'd be dangerous. You're yep. you're seeing new things. You're getting fresh air. You're getting sunshine on like all this shit that is like sec like you know secondarily healthy or tertiary healthy for you yeah. it's just all passive elements of like just stimuli of seeing tri flora fauna people and yes we yeah. do happen to live in los angeles where beautiful it's beautiful all year round all year you, round <laughs> you could just even fucking... our cold is hot <laughs> yeah, yeah right <laughs> yeah everybody's got a dog so i look at everybody's dog and i'm like oh that's a cute dog Hell yeah. There's another cute dog. That's a cute small dog. That's a cute big dog. That's yeah. a cute mid-sized dog. Yeah. That's an ugly dog, cute that's owner. A, yeah. Uh, ugly, <laughs> ugly, dog, ugly dog, cute owner. <laughs> yeah, because that's another thing, too, is like in pandemic, like without going out to drinks or work things or shows, it's like just going for a walk. You're like, look, other people. Other like, people. You're like, look this at this stud look at this magnificent beautiful woman and they're yeah. just like people <laughs> you're like i'm just yeah. so happy to see someone new yeah i mean i get that from my parents my parents do a lot of walking too and they like people watching so i think that's part of it <laughs> they just get to like just be like oh they just they, they just finish the story of those people in their minds you know what i right. mean and yeah. just kind of keep it moving so that's some yeah. healthy ass shit uh yeah. relationship wise too yeah uh yeah. the side the side so here, like podcasting became my side hustle when I was doing comedy because I was like, I just want to be able to catch up with friends and do an hour and like talk for an hour with friends yeah. and like, why not record it? Maybe make some money on the side. And now in that way that you were discussing, now I'm yeah. getting paid for podcasting and not getting it's paid different. for comedy. I mean, granted, it's sort of a semi-similar. I'm yeah. learning that it is, but for in the beginning, I didn't treat it as such. I treated yeah. it as like this will be a fun project, and now I'm like, is this my career? I don't yeah. fucking know. But well, you've been you've been the consummate host for as long as I've known you. I saw. <laughs> I used to. I'm not even. I mean, I I remember um, blackout drunk at at Chelsea. Um, many a ass cat where you do the opener. You are very 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 comfortable hosting i feel like you have did you ever do a show that's just like gabrus host and then you just do crowd work for like an hour have you ever done that i did a version of that but it was too negative i i, I did one where okay. I, bu I bullied the audience but okay. i should i should that's my dream is like just talking to and that's pretty much what uh what's what i'm looking for extrapolated out into podcasting because yes. yes, i was like what i was gonna say you've always had the skill the highlight for me of doing improv is like the five minutes of talking to the audience beforehand. Oh, it's we like... are so different in that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anytime where it's like, oh, Phil, you want to, it's your, you know, you're up. Like, let's, me and you host tonight. I'm, in my head, I'm like, I'm Can happy. I get a suggestion, please? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, hey, what's up, y'all? How's this side feeling? How's this side feeling? All right, you trying to you trying to see some improv and shit? 
That's like as far as I ever want to take it. I don't have that muscle. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it, well, there's like it is in the same skill set, but there's also an element of like you have to be, you have to have that part of your personality that I have, where I think like they definitely want to talk to me. Like you know what I mean? Like that's like yeah. what's broken about my brain. Where I see someone, I'm like they could benefit from talking to me. But they <laughs> do. But they do with you. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. I think, and I'm not even look. I know. I've been doing improv long enough that I'm like, I know I'm good at improv. Yes. I know objectively, to... you are very good at it. Thank you so much. And likewise. <laughs> but all that to say, I say that just so that it doesn't seem like I'm self-deprecating, where it's like, I, if I tried to turn it on in that hosting <laughs> way that you did, people would be like, what? It would ring false a the little. The fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, 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 They'd be like, this, this dude needs to sit down, sit all the way down. So I think in that way, people do want to, people, I think people know, people know and see how comfortable you are and how quick you are with that hosting shit. And I think when, when it's good, it's really, really good. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think yeah. that's, so I think that's why I think, I don't think you're delusional in your interpretations of your, your ability to win <laughs> no, over no. a crowd just by asking them questions and commenting on their lives and stuff yeah, like that. The, <laughs> the, the part of that you said, when it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, the trick is that you have to just be strong enough ego wise to handle it being yeah. bad for one. And that's all it takes for me is like, well, this is going absolutely poorly. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, but that's sometimes when, I, <laughs> when an improv scene goes bad, you're yeah. like, well, this is fun. Me and Phil are fucking dropping the ball here together when yeah. hosting goes bad you're like all right yeah. let's get let's get started <laughs> yeah and then everyone's yeah. like you asshole you now asshole. we gotta do <laughs> but there's also that funny there's also it's interesting because if i feel like a crowd an audience also knows when they are not like being a very a super dope audience like yeah. sometimes you'll have like a crowd where it's just like they're laughing but kind of not really laughing and sometimes you just can't it's just the combination of people that are in the crowd and you just it's just an energy you get but the thing that i think often helps is like you have that bad opening kind of talk with the crowd and you'd be like, well, that was bullshit and you guys must be tired. <laughs> and sometimes just telling them that they aren't being very dope is the thing that makes them dope in like the ninth, I was going to say the 12th inning, in the ninth inning. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that gets it on board. So there is a, a way, to, I feel like that sometimes just commenting on that also helps. <laughs> yeah, a little a little hosting just teaches them like what you want for them too, like for the improv set where you're like, yeah. this is all you got to do is like just laugh and like interact, like just relax. You're going to exactly. be okay. Yeah. But yeah, so podcast, that, long story short, well, long story long, but uh, podcasting became my side hustle for a while. I was like, oh, this is a fun thing I do. And then I started being like, well, now it doesn't, it's still very fun to me, but it does feel more like my job. And the pandemic made it even more so my job. So now I'm like, okay, what's my newest side? <laughs> like now I got to get a yeah. side. I'm on like my, I'm like eight side hustles away from doing comedy now at this point. And yeah, eventually when it. this, when this world opens back up, we'll be like, all right, well, I'm no longer training for the lifeguard test. I'm yeah. uh, <laughs> like, yeah. I just forget okay, all so. the Spanish you learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, just all the way back to like, here I am yeah. auditioning to say, what's up motherfucker on Superstore. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so for, for you, I mean, yeah. And it's not like you're like, I want to be successful in all of these elements, right? It's not about getting success in the other. It's like, I do like, like you like music. You've been doing it yeah. for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's obviously uh, writing for <laughs> award-winning shows is is the, is the buttering your bread currently, not necessarily your music game. Right, but, right. but what brings you back to wanting to do it again and again? That's Well, yeah. You know, it's interesting because if we go way, way back like to um – like when I was at the University of Virginia, like in my head, I was going to go to law school 
And then I was going to like use that law degree to parlay into like being a manager slash like I wanted to be like a mogul of like an indie record label and like write music for artists and produce for artists. Then I, re- I woke up one day, I deferred a year and then went to New York to do advertising. That's right around the time we met. And then I deferred because I woke up one day. Oh, no, I didn't defer. I decided not to go because I was like, oh, I don't want to be a lawyer. I think like my creativity is more interesting to me than doing something more formal and then adjacent to the creative, actual creativity that takes place. So all that to say, like music was like the priority for a while. Um, And then I think I just honestly to the conversation about side hustles while I was doing advertising, you know, a friend of mine was like, you should you should. You always talk about like you should you should have had a cameo in these movies when we go see movies. You should take an acting class. So then the side hustle becomes an acting class. And then from the acting class, they're like, you should do improv if you want to book commercials. I was like, well, I guess on the side, I wouldn't mind auditioning for commercials, even though I work at a commercial <laughs> agency. <laughs> and so then UCB becomes a side hustle. And all the while, like I'm I'm still making albums and EPs and stuff while I'm while I'm, you know, traversing and figuring out the UCB landscape. So I never felt out of love with it out of love with it excuse me but um uh i think what brings me back to it is just that i i tend to like live for a couple years and then i just want to i just want to write about it you know what i mean and i just want to see what energy the music takes shape in and so that's kind of that's kind of why every couple of years i'm like oh let me just let me see where i'm at musically I, i know this isn't you know the thing that i'm trying to like super breakthrough but i i you know i think i put together pretty good melodies and Hell i think yeah. i'm growing i'm growing as an artist so let me just keep it going and see how people react to it so that's that's the that's the long story long of of why of the side hustle with the music so, so you're not like working on like one track at a time over five years you're kind of like uh not it's out of your head for a little bit you're focusing on some other mm-hmm. shit and then you're like all right it's, i'm getting the itch it's about time to start yeah. laying some shit so, down yeah, so it's exactly the same as when Drake says he's in album mode. There's no difference. I'm just kidding. I'm not. Drake is amazing. I'm immediately texting yeah. 17-year-old am... actors. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I used the wrong example. That is not I'm what I'm Sorry. Doing. I'm in full R. Kelly album mode. <laughs> no, no, oh, no, no, no. Kevin Spacey. I can't, I can't find oh, one. Oh, <laughs> jeez. There's no one. No one is good. No, Kendrick I mean, Lamar. Kendrick's good. Yeah, Kendrick is still safe. Um, But yeah, I... Yeah, so I, but when when I'm, basically I'll like, uh, some time will go by and then I'll be like, oh, you know what? I haven't done a project in a while. So like around this time last year was when I started thinking about putting together this this EP that's about to come out. And then I don't rush that. So over a year, you know, I, I, I put together six songs. Some some things make it, some ideas fall through the cracks. And then when it feels like it's done, it's, it's done. And, you know, I'm already thinking about what the next one's going to be, but that's just the energy that it feels like right now. But who knows how long that's going to take. And I'm not going to put any pressure on rushing it. Right. Does it coincide at all with free time for you? Like, and you're like, oh shit, I'm in between things or like, looks like I'm not going to have a gig for a few weeks. Maybe I'll bust out the, Yeah, you know, I think it's, Pro I think the answer to that is yes and no, because I was living in Redondo, that's the Redondo tape. And I, which is the name it, of the it, new EP that is, is either name, already yeah. out or coming out shortly, depending on the release. Depending Let's just on say, the release. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Sep- what's the date? Let's just say the date. September 4th. September 4th. Okay, so whenever this uh, episode lies, probably before September 4th, mm-hmm. get yourself the fucking Redondo tape. Yeah, and either way, no matter when whoever is listening to this right now is listening, there will be two singles out, so you can... You can check it out on all your streaming platforms, Spotify and all that anyway. So Hell yeah. Um, wait, so I was living in Redondo and 
I, I mean, I had a very full-time job in Insecure, but I wasn't living near any of my friends. And so I you think- You were sort of like on location, more or less. I, I, kinda. People, people who are like thinking about LA is like, what, Los Feliz to, El, uh, to Redondo? It is like an hour and change, but terrible in traffic time if you're yeah. trying to commute that. So you, you, you straight up just posted up there for the season, yeah. <laughs> I just moved. <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been like an hour and a half each way. It's like at a certain point, it's just like, what are, what are we doing? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, if you could buy that three hours back with a monthly rent on like a small, uh, temporary place, then so hell, much time. Yeah, yeah. So much time. It's so much time. It was so worth it. And so I think it was a mix of like having a job that I really, really had to focus on. It was my first season on the show. I really wanted to do a good job and, and make sure that I was contributing to the show in, in the right way. But I think. It was having the time, but also kind of needing a little bit of a creative outlet and a release to your point where it's like, oh, the writing is now a responsibility. It's so much fun and I love it, but I am answering to uh, a creative, a a beautiful creative machine (laughs) in this show, but it's still, it's still uh, a job with pressure. So I think the music helps, is therapeutic and just helps me focus on something else when I don't have to be focusing on a job that I'm really trying to do You don't want to come home at 8 p.m. and open up Final Draft and look like that, like that shit it gets hard when that's what you do all day. Like I had a hard time zooming with friends on Friday because yeah. I had zoomed podcasts and zoomed writer's room shit like all week long. And I'm like, I'm going to get fucking, I hate looking at the screen after a while. Yeah. You got to so, switch like, it up for you uh, working in a comedy writer's room, uh, doing all that shit. And then coming home, you're like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, I've all your friends, no one's around. No one's like, Hey, let's grab a bite in Redondo. Like everyone, you know, lives no one out. says that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're like, all right, I guess I'm just chilling at home. And it is like being on location for the, if, if anyone, like I've had to do that for gigs too, where it's like, all right, well, I don't know anyone here in Albany. So I guess I'll, Watch all of uh, Six Feet Under. Like yeah. that's like my pro- like I'll pick a project like this to do in the hotel. Yeah. So like that's when you start f- fucking around with some music while you're there. Yeah, that's when I started get back into it, and then you know got busier and busier. But then the pandemic hit, and uh, I was about three songs in, two and a half songs in, and then you know had this pilot, and that kind of like got put on pause so i did for a small window before insecure started back up i did have time so i think to your point i i did lean in more i was like oh, i would love to finish this before my schedule is kind of not completely my control again you know now there, there's something low-key great about that because for a lot of people who are you know have gig like our gig to gig that downtime then can become terrifying if all you're yeah. thinking about is like, when can I start again? But if you're like, ooh, if I could just get a couple of weeks down to w- work on the album, then it's like Takes now you're looking off. forward to free time, which exactly. is such a weird. I know a lot of uh, a lot of people might have a hard time understanding this, but like I feel like for creatives or freelancers, you like don't want free time. You'd rather have just your time booked, being paid or working mm-hmm. or meetings or whatever, just to feel like constant progress progress because pro- progress is also this ephemeral thing that you can like misinterpret of like do yeah. i'm making a lot of progress and a lot of shit and then feel like you're just you know s- spinning your Stand, fucking wheels yeah, and still yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so it's nice to be able to be like oh well it, even though i don't know when the next thing's starting or i'm waiting on this thing to come to come to fruition well if i could just work on this and i so i'm not dwelling on the the parts of your brain that could be a little bit cynical Right. You know, with 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 what's coming next, and and especially in the midst of a you know this fucking the parts of your brain, <laughs> shitty the eighty five percent of my fucking yeah. Brain I mean, but who's goes. not who's not kind of looking at the world and things right now and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so I think well, anything I, I, that could just help you not 
take a little of the what the fuck down. I think anything like that would be helpful. That's what be, I'm saying. It's like seek out like if anything can make you one percent happier right now. Like every little fucking tick counts. So like yeah. if this is the thing, it kind of what we're kind of what I'm describing a little bit with the uh, with the idea of the side hustle too is we talk about this on Action Boys. I think you're a little younger than me, Phil, but you might understand this. Yeah, still. I'm 36. Oh yeah, so not 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 too young that you wouldn't know what this is, but mm-hmm. back in the day when you had channels, yeah. you you would often have because their shit had commercials, you would often have a show on as we called it on the switchback. Like where you'd be like, I'm watching I'm watching TGIF, but anytime it's a commercial on TGIF, I jump I hit recall to channel 36 and watch some of ESPN until I think mm. that my show might be over. So that was your switchback? That was your switchback? That like it would always, it would always depend like it, I would have to find a new switchback every time. Yeah. So like I'd be like, ooh, this movie's on. I could watch f- this in four minute chunks gotcha. while I'm waiting for Simpsons to come back on or whatever. Yeah. You know what? My switchback, the one switchback that I I, I I definitely did this for sure. Right. But the one that I definitely remember is the fact that uh, Mad TV and SNL used to like Mad TV started at 11 p.m. And SNL right. started at 11.30, right? Yep. So I think I would watch the first half hour of Mad TV, and then I would go to SNL, depending on the host, and then switch back to Mad TV for the, for the last half hour and then do the rest of SNL. SNL's a great switchback because there it's just chock full Chunks. of commercials and you're watching it yep. live. Yep. Uh, I would and also when I was a kid, I didn't care that much about the music guest as much as I cared about the comedy. So I would be like, Complete when it was going to be for me. <laughs> <laughs> I that makes don't sense. Know, I don't know why. Am, I don't. Am I a comedian? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But I used to, I, yeah, when it yeah. used to go commercial, <laughs> commercial, musical guest, commercial, yeah. you'd be like, that's nine straight minutes. Yeah. I'm going to see what's on HBO at midnight. And it'd be like, oh, hell yeah. You yeah. know, Jade or some shit. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> that was a deep, deep pull. And I, and I caught it. That, that movie was that on movie HBO. Was so <laughs> intense. Oh, my and as God. A, a young straight man in a pre internet world, uh, Jade I, is like the honeypot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, gold. Jade is like, like ooh, Jade's pot. on? Yeah. There's going to yeah. be three sex scenes. Hopefully, I can, I'm, I, when I switch back, I'm like eight minutes away from seeing Linda Fiorentino bang, <laughs> bang out CSI up against a, what's that dude's name? The redheaded dude up against a uh, chain link fence. Yeah. I don't uh, remember anything about that movie. I just remember being young and being hearing this, like, yo, this movie Jade is like. It's sexy yeah, as fuck. It's, yeah, it's sexy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think like she is role play like she does sex work on the side because uh-huh. her husband cheats on her, but then like someone gets murdered. Oh and shit. It's, yeah, it's the redheaded dude from fucking CSI who the sunglass yeah. emoji, I can't remember his name. And then Linda Fiorentino. Great. Linda Fiorentino. It's got a fourteen percent of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's tight. <laughs> oh my gosh, that means it's probably amazing. You know what I mean? When the score is that low, it's almost like, all right. So this is what you're saying is it's just like, there's maybe, a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It might be like good to get high to and just kind of like watch it. Oh, it's written by Joe Esterhaus and directed by William Friedkin. These are guys are like legends, but yeah. they're on their way out with this gotcha. movie. This is like the last of both of their quality gotcha. stuff. So it's like it's got an interesting vibe that way. Um, so like yeah, the switch. Going back to the switchback analogy, yeah. like yeah, yeah. having that having that thing where you're like, oh, I don't have to watch commercials, so I don't get that 
gross feeling of like lame commercials. When is Simpsons coming back? Mm-hmm. I'm just here living this. And then when Simpsons comes back, you're like, what a surprise. Simpsons is back. And I, I feel like that with like having that thing on the side of like, all right, well, I'm playing rugby now. Like, oh, cool. Nothing's happening in my career. Nothing's happening in the comedy front. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll try to get better at rugby. Oh, I'll make sure I'm getting in extra sprints. I'll make sure I do. I'll work on this element. And then because shit takes time in every other field, it's like just to put that shit on the back burner and worry about something, you know, like yeah, whatever your version of busting out the fucking Redondo tape uh, uh, file on Logic is, like whatever that version is for you where you can take an, a couple of hours from work and let your brain go in another direction, that's only going to, when you come back from that, you're only going to be in a better headspace, I feel. I 100%, 100% agree. I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have music just from a personal standpoint, just to make it for myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and like I think- Just like if you didn't have the ability to express yourself that way, if you didn't have like, uh, like this feels good to get in there and do yeah, it. Yeah, I can't yeah. paint, even though I love art. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, not, that's not the ticket. The poetry stuff is almost like when I feel like writing, but I only feel like writing something short. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Some comedy writers go down to Twitter. Some yeah. of them go to poetry. Yeah, I go to poetry for that. So I think it's – yeah, and it's also like what are, you, what are you feeling in the moment? You know what I mean? So sometimes it's like oh, I just need to walk right now. Sometimes it's like oh, let me just write some music. And other times it's it's just other stuff though. I you got a lot though. I need to like I haven't gotten like I don't have like a classic one like um I feel like I was talking to somebody and she was like, oh, I'm like into ceramics now. I'm like, oh, you're like making like tactile things. Like that's pretty dope. When I think that's, like when your side hustle is like making shit, that's also kind of tight too. Yeah, well that that's that shit that's real too, because it's like sometimes like a, a creative career can feel like no progress like you know you could be like i did this shit for a year like and 2020s <laughs> like 2019 was one of my best years in my career but i can't place as to why like mm-hmm. i was in a movie i had a, a one line in a movie and uh i was in a tv show like for one episode yes that's not a great year but that in on the scale it's a fucking better year yeah but like if you can go like, ah, uh, who can, uh, yeah, my co- comedy career went, but look, I made fucking 12 ashtrays. Like Seth yeah. Rogen, Seth Rogen's on Instagram posting mad ashtrays. He's making vases and ashtrays like crazy off ceramics. And this is a That's guy dope. who's got busy as fuck. <laughs> He's yeah. got- <laughs> I just watched his pickle jar movie. Yeah, same. I, I really dug it. I Shit thought that was, was fire, dude. <laughs> Seth Rogen don't miss, man. He, he is got a He's high hit rate. Impeccable, impeccable taste. Great writer, so when he writes his own shit, it's great. Like, yeah. uh, what's the last? Uh, I don't know if he, I don't think he wrote this one, but um, the one with Charlize Theron. Oh, Long Shot. That was like the best <sighs> rom com of the last like. Yeah, bro. That's the best rom com to me since Proposal. You know, I'm a big rom com guy. So, I'm a big rom com guy, and I low key love the proposal because I'm a Ryan Reynolds apologist, and I'm a Sandy Bullock uh, diehard. I love the proposal. Sandy Bully in Proposal, Ryan Reynolds in Proposal. (laughs) They're gems. Perfect. fucking love the proposal the proposal was so dope people need to fam- stop sleeping I don't know if people are sleeping on I don't know why I'm getting so angry like people aren't <laughs> yeah, respecting people, this movie people need to stop these sleeping motherfuckers, on- that's the problem with this nation <laughs> I'll solve the fucking pandemic we gotta watch the proposal together yeah yeah. Uh, I will say my favorite uh, rom-com and it's more a rom-drom is uh, In Time the uh, Ooh. the um, Jennifer not what's her name Rachel McAdams and Donald Gleason like time travel love it's it's awesome that's my favorite in one time. of my favorite ones is what that year did what that come called? out it was like in the, yeah I might be wrong about the name of it 
No, in time is the Justin Timberlake. Like, we have to pay with our timing left. <laughs> Hold on. Also, Gabrus, <laughs> gotta say, didn't hate that movie either. <laughs> no, I didn't hate that, that one movie. Either. Was kind of tight. <laughs> it's not a rom com, but I, I also fucked <laughs> with that movie. About time is the oh, Rachel McAdams time. movie. It's so I mean, good. It's a Richard Curtis movie. Okay. You might have. I highly um, recommend it. Okay. I don't think no, I did not see this. I gotta get into it. This is my favorite. I think it's on Netflix for free. That's your favorite rom com? Yes. It's up I there. think so. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so wait, what 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 were we going off about? Oh, long shot. Long shot yes. is very very funny. So funny. Yeah. So Seth, and Seth Rogen and he, he he doesn't miss. And so I think it was Sam Rich that wrote this movie, which f- feels very much of his style. I think he yeah, did. Yeah, um, Simon Rich. Simon oh, Rich. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, Simon Rich. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. He 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 did that a TBS show uh, with about God, and then it's like, and then the second season's with medi- in medieval times. Miracle workers. Miracle workers. Yeah. Just yeah. very funny. So he like. It felt like of that tone, and Seth Rogen playing those two characters, I was like, these feel like two different characters. This is cool. I couldn't believe, like, uh, Seth Rogen is very funny, very talented. I wouldn't say in my head he's, like, a masterful actor before, like, I wouldn't say that's, like, his number one skill set. But then putting on American Pickle, I was like, damn, my guy's two different characters in this movie. My boy's flexing. The whole time, I was like, how did they, did they block shoot this movie? Because, like, they both have a beard towards the, in the third act. But then Seth Rogen has a beard, which seems to, appears to be his natural beard for like the first act and second act. So does that mean they had all these locations filmed? And then in these, went in these, back and, and shot then, it off? Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I wanted to know for most of the movie. But other I than just the thinking he did great. I assume the beard was prosthetic, but I couldn't find – it looked so real. That's I felt what I was you. thinking. I was pausing it. I was literally pausing it to yeah, try to see if it for was a, beard a fake check. beard. Yeah, yeah. Because he can grow a mean beard, so that's my thing. Right. So I was like, I think he It could be have... week to week. He could just blow it out. Like, who knows? He might be that that yeah. hairy of a dude. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. So what are some other favorite uh, rom-coms? All right, I so let's talk about it. Yes, let's let's get into this. So I um, – because yes. saying you like the proposal is not even like a cliche classic rom com, which no. is very, and I and I love the proposal. So it's wild that that I mean, yeah, <laughs> Alaska is beautiful. I'll just say that. Uh, oh my gosh, the movie the movie is good. <laughs> I I say it without any caveats or anything. The proposal is a great rom com. Um, hold Agreed. on. Uh, the pro- okay, wait. Um, I might have my list here. <laughs> okay, here it is. All right, so here's my top. Here's my top ten. Is this okay to do? Let's my, do it. This is my top ten list of rom coms. Now, some of them might be rom com adjacent. Some of them, I'm not sure exactly if they all age that well. But at least for when I saw them, and I can still rewatch them, they they struck a chord as far as being poignant for yeah. what they are. Just right. that's that's a caveat I'll give. So the number one is The Graduate. Hell yeah, classic too. Classic, Great. yeah. Number two, and this is in no particular order, I don't think. The Proposal. Hell yeah. Number three is Hitch. Ooh. Ooh, Hitch is good. I, yeah. It's not in my not my top five, but I like Hitch. I got to watch it again. It's one of those Same. that like I saw, I feel like I saw it in the theaters and it was always on like TNT and stuff. And then I'm not, I feel like I was talking to someone and they were like, I don't know if it aged that well, but I'm like Will Smith, black lead, rom-com. He's like, I don't know. There's something about it. Where I was like, I, I think I still rock with it. Do you know what I mean? For sure. I mean, like Will Smith is like almost infallible. That's the word I'm looking for. He's almost infallible to me. Like, I don't think he could do anything. Yeah. I didn't like Another Earth, but that's about it in the Will Smith. After Earth. And I didn't even hate it. After Earth. Didn't didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. Love seeing it with his son. (laughs) Also, my issue with After Earth was that it's like Will Smith playing against what makes Will Smith Will Smith. So it's a guy who is successful because he doesn't 
emote and he isn't expressive and he's not charismatic. He's like very stern. I'm like, right. as much as I love this choice, it's like, Will, baby. <laughs> Will, keep in mind, you might be one of the most charming human beings alive. Of, so of all like, time? Why, yeah. like, why not of, lean into it a little? <laughs> oh yeah, just give me like a splash in the third act or something. <laughs> so number three was Hitch. Number four, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, great, great fucking movie. Uh, uh, you know, and I think you could also, I'd say number four, I reserve for Judd Apatow in his camp. So I could I could put Superbad in there. I could put 40-Year-Old Virgin in there. I could put uh, 50-50. I could put a bunch of other yeah. Judd Apatow. I'd say number four, I include Judd Apatow and what he's done for the game in right. the milieu because, of what I consider Because it would be. be it would be crazy to have a lot of those movies in your top 10 because they do eat each other's lunch a little bit. But exactly. But I, you're right. I'm, like, and I think- I think that was low key. A lot of what people didn't realize why those Judd movies were successful is like it's bro humor, it's nasty, it's about getting late. An element of it is like it was like a sort of hetero, norm, aggressively hetero rom com. It was yeah. like from a male point of view. So it was yeah. like that is Forty Year Old Virgin is and Knocked Up are great rom coms. They just yeah. don't get that title because it's like gross and has yeah. dudes in it and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. But then he still like does a thing, I feel like in every movie where and Judd Judd also doesn't really miss miss. You know what I mean? He doesn't really yeah. miss. But he also does a thing where like I think I think that's what broke him in a good way, like out to the masses, like, yeah, taking like this bro like from the male point of view and then like inserting the heart into it. But he'll yeah. insert the heart in a way that I feel like is pretty pretty cool. It's like he like he like has super he'll like he'll let a he'll let a movie breathe like an extra 20 minutes just to like <laughs> yeah. get, just to get dark. Right. <laughs> and just to like let them live in their emotions for a little bit, which I think is a nice way to cut the cut the um cut the spice, uh, you know, of yes, of, yes, of, of yeah. what of what his bread and butter is, you know what I mean? For sure. Um uh so Spanglish. Ah, oh, maybe that Spanglish top 10 rom-coms for sure. Top yeah. one sandwiches depicted in a movie. <laughs> well, he makes it a sandwich at the end. Yeah, Woo! and then the egg starts the egg starts running out the sandwich, and then he pours the he pours the beer. Doesn't even uh-huh. look at the doesn't even look at the beer. I'm like, my man, uh, Adam was on one in that movie. Yeah, uh, and Paz Vega. I mean, just everybody in that movie was incredible. Great daughter. Movie. Um, made in Manhattan. The J Lo one. Yeah. Oh shit! It's I don't know if banger, I've ever dude. seen this. You got to believe check it out. you. You gotta check it, it out. It's 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 a great, 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 great rom com. And this is like J Lo. When you watch it, you're like, oh, J Lo's a, a fucking star. She's just, and it's like pre her being fully J Lo. Yeah, right? this is kind like, of. oh, she's special, but like she wasn't like she's I just Jennifer like, Lopez. Yes, she's Jennifer. <laughs> she's actress Jennifer Lopez. I think she, you know. What I mean, she's like Anaconda's Jennifer Lopez. You know what I mean? Like right. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't like waiting for tonight, like world tour Jennifer Lopez. At least I don't exactly. think so. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be quick about the rest of these. Before Sunrise. No, please, take your time. Before Sunrise. I have to rewatch. I, I, haven't, I, I haven't watched those since I've been a grown-up, really. Yeah. So I, I think I have to go back and watch the Before uh, um, trilogy. Love, love Before Sunrise. Uh, Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Oh, shit. See, I love The Holiday. Now, I'm not just going down the white-black yeah. differences here. Yeah. But the, you, I, have, I don't think I've – The Last Holiday, I don't think I've ever seen this one. Yeah. Um, she basically. I love, I love Queen Latifah. She's great. I mean, she she basically is a she works at like a, at a mall. I think like selling, like uh, selling like uh, appliances and stuff. But she has dreams of being like a restaurateur. She 
she faints or something like that. Doctor tells her that she's basically got three months to live. So she takes all her life savings and like goes to a fancy resort in Colorado just to like live out her dreams. But then anyway, so that's I don't want to give up too much. But oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's a legit uh, funny, heartfelt movie. Great performances. Can't recommend it enough. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then Jerry Maguire. I put Jerry Maguire oh. in there. Hell fucking yeah to Jerry yeah. Maguire. I mean, just like what moment do you want to pick? There's at least like 10 quotables in the movie itself. Yeah. And I think people forget that that movie is a rom-com. Like that's a, and it's like, it is like a rom-com at its heart. Do you know what I mean? It's like the the, the relationship with with him and um, uh, Renee Coop, Zellweger. Renee Zellweger is, is, is Trump, uh, I want to say, uh, basically is more, is more pivotal, I think, to the arc of the movie than, what the, he has uh, with Cuba Gooding the Jr. Sports agent shit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in, in fact, it's it informs his relationship with um Cuba. Anyway. Um and then uh the 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 ten is just like a bunch that I would just like consider like honorable mention. So Hell we got yeah. Rachel Getting Married, which isn't totally a rom com, but I love the indie feel of that movie. That and movie's beautiful. Big Ann Hathaway fan too. Uh, whoa, whoa. We're finding a lot of shit in common here. I'm yeah. a diehard. I'm a Anne Hathaway. I'm a Stan Hathaway over here. Yeah. And, well, then uh, call me Stan <laughs> Junior. Because <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like she's one of those people who's like weirdly I don't understand why people dislike her. I'm like yeah. she's like a ta- a talented smoke show. I guess I get because she's like a little bit theater campy annoying is probably yeah. what people problem. But that shit doesn't affect me. She I, seems like I, the best we, version of that though. She's right. Passionate. right. Yeah. And she's, she's like talented. legitimately good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, fu- fucking devil wears Prada is maybe one of the best. <laughs> I mean, one of the best movies of all time is a insane hyperbole, but I fucking love the devil. It's wears a great Prada. movie. I'd say if you, if we're going off, it's, you know, I, I would include a movie like that if I didn't consider it to be more of a coming of age film. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. her performance in that movie, I, Look, you gotta you gotta know how to you gotta know how to box if you're gonna get in the ring with Meryl. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You she gotta hung. know how to she box. Could hang. And she could hang. <laughs> she could hang. She's doing scenes with fucking Stanley Tucci and and uh, Mer- Meryl Streep. Going Street from the going from the Tucci to Meryl, like like <laughs> it's, it, like she's ambidextrous. <laughs> like she can just fu- she can shoot with both uh, hands. Yeah, I fucking love Anne Hathaway. Yeah. I, I think she's a great Catwoman. I think she's a great Selena Kyle yeah. too. Oh yeah, she's very good. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then oh sorry. Um, no, no, keep going, please. I lo- can talk. <laughs> great, I love this. I mean, literally, I love talking about rom coms. Love and basketball. Yeah. So there's oh, like there's like yeah. there's like the the the, the black rom coms that you just got to include in there. Love and basketball is one of them. The Wood is like a coming of age film, but I almost consider it a rom com because it centers around them getting to a wedding. Such a good yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, Love the wood. Yeah, seen there's that shit in a you know, long time. Yeah, movies like Poetic Justice that are aren't like squarely rom coms, but like there's a whole set of like '90s black movies that are just so fucking dope, and that's just yeah. a couple of. And then When Harry Met Sally, which I think is just like, you know, it's great. You got classic. You know, classic. Yeah. You got to include it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Man, I'm, I fucking I haven't seen Poetic Justice in a long time, and the last time I watched it, I I didn't consider it a rom com before I watched it, but. Mm-hmm. My wife Tiffany, who you're, who you know, is yeah. like had a crush on Tupac like her whole life. Yeah. Uh, well, his whole life uh, mm-hmm. and her whole life. So, watching that with her, I was like, I never think of this as a rom com. But when she's watching, I didn't think of it as romantic. That and I was like, okay, I see it now. I see certainly it now. a love story. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's definitely a love. Yeah, the the comp. I I was fucking around for a while trying to play this game with Tiffany where we were going. 
Rom-com's a thing. Now imagine rom-drom is a thing. So it's a romantic yeah. drama. So it's not fully dark and upsetting, but it is, there's, you know, yeah. romance is the goal at the end. Then I say there's com-roms, and yes. that's where I put the Judd Apatow movies, where there yes. are comedies where romance is sort of like a kicker. And yes. the, so I was like, I was, this is how much I was getting in the weeds with rom-coms. Yeah, no, I've got an opinion on all this. So let me, <laughs> yeah. just tell me, yeah, I want to hear it all because I've got thoughts already. <laughs> I've already got thoughts on what you're saying right now. <laughs> yeah, because like I'll watch a movie like for example, I just watched Atonement, and that movie is not a comedy Whoa. at all. But that Wait, movie is that the, is, is that the, the James- it's a, a horror, right? Wait, no, I'm thinking of no, a different. That- I was thinking of The Apostle or something like that. Never, sorry, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Gabriel, that's a horror movie. <laughs> At- sorry. Atonement is J- Atonement is James McAvoy and uh, Kira yes. Knightley, I think, and they're and it's a love story. And it's really yes. fucked up and heavy duty and like terrifying. But there's so, like, that's where I came with the term rom drom because that movie is still uplifting to me, even though it's absolutely depressing and brutal. Just yeah. the idea of like these movies that are so about love are uplifting yes. to me. So yeah. here's, here's my I agree with everything you're saying. I actually love uh, the delineations between rom com, rom drom, com uh, rom, and was there a fourth? Or is those you could, we could argue that drum rom would Dr- be drum rom and then drum rom. Yeah. I think that's great. I I it's interesting because the my deep analysis of it is is a broadening statement. I think okay. that what ends up happening is if the movie nowadays this has happened slowly over time, and I don't know why, but if the movie is actually good, they will not call it a rom com. And if oh. the movie is has like extra cheese and it's just not a good film because you know not it's hard to make good good stuff like if it's bad, then they'll say oh this is just a rom com. Rom com has become a dirty word I think. Yeah, like Twenty Seven Dresses is good for a rom com, but rom-com. like not yeah, and yeah. that and that's added as like a derogatory label in yeah, some way. and yeah, it's yeah. like also I don't I don't know if I've seen Twenty Seven Dresses. I hear it's actually pretty good. It's but fine, like, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, but like I I, I think it's like. Yeah, it's it's become this weird thing where it's like a sign of quality. Whereas I'm like, Silver Linings Playbook, for as Oscar buzzy as that movie is, let's be real, that's a rom com. That's yes. Bradley Cooper and uh, Jennifer Lawrence doing rom com things. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they're they're falling in love and you laugh at times. That's you, like a, is what else is a rom com at that? What point? else is a rom com? Especially if we're going off of your subcategories. That means right. that so much dope shit actually fits into the to the to the uh, world of rom coms that I think people aren't willing to acknowledge. And I, 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 it's so interesting because everybody has a perspective on relationships. Either you're in one, you're not in one and want to be in one. You're not in one and don't want to be in one. So it's like you can you can position yourself. You're in yourself one and like it. You're in one and one, one, and, out. And one out. Yeah. No yeah. matter who you are, you have a point of view on what it is to be in a relationship. So the rom- to me, rom com should be the biggest genre of them all, and I don't understand why. Well, it's why it's become it's a funny, bad word. It's funny that like, however, whatever percentage of movies you can slide under comedy, mm-hmm. but I think an even higher percentage of movies can be slid under romantic for sure. Like in like whatever way, and then there's so many movies that feature romance and comedy. That you would never call a rom com. Like you yeah. would never call Indiana Jones a rom com. Like it's not, but it's got romance and it's got, got romance. Com- so some of the best movies have these elements in it, and then these movies that really focus on the romantic comedy elements gets like derided for some reason. It's so That's interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting, and it's like you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of like, um, you know, like uh, you know Noah Noah Baumbach. 
Love them. Like, Love all you know that what stuff. I mean? Yeah. But like Squid and the Whale, Francis Ha, like uh, 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 while we're young, while we're young, especially. I'm like, yes, this is like coming of age, but it's like a this is. This is a rom-com. This is a really well-written rom-com. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But I, it's, I, I, I could see that. You can make yeah. a case for all... It's it's very easy to make a case for almost anything. And I think, like, rom-coms got, like, that porno vibe, right? Like, I yeah. don't know exactly how to articulate it, but I'll know it when I see it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's just, like... I'm hoping that there's, like, a comeback for it. Because, like... Like some of the things on my list, like Made in Manhattan, like we don't even get we don't even get really rom coms like that anymore. But they yeah. are like they hold up, and they're 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 a nice time capsule in a way to look back. Oh, that's how things were. Like jokes about like uh, cell phones as opposed to like a rotary. You know what I mean? Just like right. spotting the differences in like culture on top of it just being well written and well acted. Um, so I'm hoping that and, there's like and a resurgence. also there's something to a rom com and. And I don't even mean I don't mean this in an offensive way to rom coms, but there's something in a rom com where it is very blanket and tea like. It's like you know you're you're sliding into you know that it's going to have a happy ending. Yeah. Uh, if and you know that like it's going to be about love and you're going to giggle and you're going to feel warm at the end. Yeah. And there's that vibe going into it, and I feel like using Made in Manhattan as an example. Who is our J Lo now? Would they do a rom com? I don't Would, know. Would there be? Are there going to be big budget comedies and big budget rom coms at all anymore? I'm not like, sure. Like the Lovebirds is probably the most recent like sort of big rom com that Did you watch it came out. Yeah, and I I enjoyed it. It was I great. It was so funny. Yeah, they were both so, so great. Easton and Kumail's so, great. Great. They're both they're both very good in it, and it was and it didn't blow the doors off the world when it came out. But like I don't know if that's the rule of rom coms. Like I don't, I don't know think if that's like, the rule of any movie. No, anymore. No, you know it's I mean? like where it's like. The movies that are going to blow the doors off, we already know about because that's they're systematically designed to blow the doors off of the. It, you know, exactly. it's like, who like Lovebirds doesn't like Mulan is like what everyone's talking about. Lovebirds comes out and you're like, this is a rom com. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. This is a fucking fun and like I think Longshot is like a great example too. It's mm -hmm. like those are mega stars. Yeah. In like at the, Charlize and Seth Rogen doing a rom com and like. Yeah. I don't think people want to do those anymore. Yeah. It feels you know what? Like. You know what? You know what? And now that you say that, though, I do think what is happening is there's not a lot of one. I think the big budget movies are reserved for like, what's your um, uh, what's that uh, existing property? What do they call that? IP. IP. Property. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? What's your yeah. IP? So they're not making. They're not going to bet on someone's original rom com. But what is right. happening, I think, is that artists, actors that. Artists and actors are taking s smaller indie movies that aren't being called rom-coms that are actually rom-coms. Yes, that's For example, a good way to talk. Yeah, yeah. I just watched Chelsea Peretti in um, uh, The Spinster. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that yet. So funny. She's so great in it. She's the best. Super. Yeah. She's so funny. Everyone in the movie is great. Movie, small budget movie, takes place in Canada, coming of age rom com, like movies like that. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's got like a super indie feel to it. Or Britney runs a marathon with uh, Jillian Bell. Yeah, that was great. Which so good. Like, so I think that's maybe that's the sweet spot now, where it's like the it's the era of like the indie rom com that's not called a rom com, where these actors that are are basically on their way to a trajectory where they probably won't be doing big budget rom coms or just be doing bigger roles do like these indie stops. Yeah, that are that are rom com like you know what I mean. 
That makes sense. Yeah, I, I could see. Oh, yeah. Britney Runs Marathon was a good one. And that yep. was weirdly like a motivational movie. In yeah. A, I mean, obviously, it's about like it's got the storyline to motivate you, but there, uh, it like worked on me. Yeah. That movie worked on me for I thought sure. It was, yeah. I thought it was really, really funny and just really well done. <laughs> I want to fucking be in a rom-com, dude. You should be in a rom-com, dude. <laughs> what was the movie? What was the movie you booked last year and the show you booked last year? I did. uh Funny enough, I was in the uh, I was a guest star in the season finale of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I had one line with our the aforementioned Charlize in the movie uh, Bombshell. Bombshell. So like those were oh, big shit. things for Bombshell me. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Bombshell! Bombshell's good. Too. I am so embarrassed that uh, I didn't know that you were in. Bro- I mean, I worked on that show for four for four years. So yeah, I but I know. Oh, I was no. on it. Turns out you were the one preventing me from getting a fucking guest star. Yeah, dude. man. Once I got up out of there, we took the Gabers block off. <laughs> They're like, maybe now that Phil's gone, we can bring Gabers in. He's been yeah. so anti Gabers. Yeah, I swear it's to God, I'm not coming back to this damn show if you keep talking about bringing this guy Gabers. Also, my fucking <laughs> the megalomania that I'm coming up in the writers' room at all is so funny. <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised though uh, how much we talk about people how much we would talk about people that are just purely funny people and you were definitely one of those i mean in all honesty you were definitely one of those people so i'm not surprised that you ended up on the show (laughs) Uh, i would have thought it would have happened maybe sooner while i was there considering how much history we have but (laughs) but that that is like that's my sweet spot though and i i'm cool with that is like when a show's been out for five when it's when a show has 80 episodes is when they're like We've already had Matt Walsh, Pat Noswald, yeah. and so and these guys on. It's like now it's time to start digging around. All right, staff writers, who are you guys friends with? You're like, yeah. <laughs> this dude, this dude right here. Have, can, fu- I, can I ask you something? Yeah. Have you ever booked a? And I don't want this. You, I, you know how I feel about you. I think you're one of the. Yeah, most, yeah, 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 yeah. So, have you ever booked like a a multicam? Uh no, I I. Sh- I I, I guest starred on a multicam and I tested for a multicam, but no. no I bookings. just feel like, look, I mean, you could do anything. I mean, I, I I feel like I've seen you in a ton of shit. I saw you on Younger, right? You're on Younger. You're like, <laughs> yes. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I've seen, like, I know what you got going on. For some reason, I just feel like that live stage aspect of the multicam, you would just like, it would almost be too easy for you. Like, I would feel very comfortable there. Because I would feel like if I bombed the line, I feel like I could get the crowd to still laugh. At you me. could just, you know do what it. I mean. And I would feel so alive. Yeah. Like, and that, I'm more comfortable in front of a crowd than I am in front of a camera. Yeah. And like, I, I'm like, I feel fucking old school. Like, if you know, like you do a scene in one of these single cams, and the yeah. and the person's like, that was great. And you're like, yeah, okay, all right. thank you. I yeah, guess I trust like, you. <laughs> you're like, I hope people. I'm not going to be able to watch people watch this ever, so I hope yeah. people tweet that was yeah. funny or something. But like with a multicam, at least the one time I've done it, uh, I was like a guest star in a pilot, and it's like getting laughs live was yeah. very exciting. It's cool. Although, although the one time I did shoot a multicam pilot, uh, I had one scene in it, and I did have to like be making out with a girl. Oh, really? How many <laughs> yeah. times did you have to do it? Like eight. And Holy it was shit. like, but it was like a lot of just like, you know, oh, okay. cause, because Angles it wasn't, the, yeah, it was, yeah. it was a lot of like how I thought kissing really was like eighth grade shit where you just put your lips together and move your heads back and gotcha. forth. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. But it was like, oh, this is pretty exciting. Oh no, never mind. It's instantly nerve wracking instead. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, just, le- just, I mean, not that you haven't heard this before, but I'll say here from, at least I'll say it myself first. If you end up in a rom-com taking over 
America with the new with with just reinvigorating uh, or not rom com in a multicam, just reinvigorating <laughs> that platform. Just know that I will be the least surprised person <laughs> of everybody. Multicams used to be what where it was at Martin. Like, like w- the list goes on, like, just like, I don't know. Like, that's another one of those where it's like, wh- when did they become like, not cool? Anyway, I don't know. Randall yeah, no, because I no, I think you're right. There, there's like a vibe to them that they're not cool, because I think creators enjoy the freedom of a single cam more of like more locations and stuff. Yeah. But there's something like uh, mutual friend Adam Pally was just he yeah. just did a multicam. Uh, hopefully oh, yeah. there more. But like talking to him about it, I was like. He's like, yeah, there. It's the energy. It's the like the fact that it's like everyone's there that day. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah. all right, Phil, you come in at five thirty a.m. and you're we're shooting your one scene, and then everyone like there's just the energy of like we're all working, we're all on set. We're it's Friday, it's shoot day. Yeah, like that kind of shit gets like there's an energy to that that it feels cool. old school, and it's cheap and cheaper, and it's pandemic. I think. We might see more an uptick. Yeah, yeah, because it's like a studio is a safe space, and if you don't bring an audience in there, it's even safer. And you could like fucking lock it out and be like, "We're shooting a fucking yeah. post-pandemic sitcom." I'd be curious to see if they, I bet you're right. I, I do. I mean, look, who who knows if, how the the precautions for filming are going to come to fruition and all that stuff. But I agree with you. Right. I think it makes perfect sense. Small cast don't even have to have an audience to have a laugh track. Right, be, uh, but hopefully there's a resurgence. But they're like dope, you know what I mean? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, like hold on, let's be, let's be super specific. I hope there's a resurgence and it'll be dope. And they're giving a lot of people their first crack at being a lead in a sitcom. Boom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. Boom. <laughs> while while we're making requests, let's yeah, go. Let's yeah, let's dude. actually go for it. <laughs> I'd watch that shit. I watch Gabers. <laughs> We got the title, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. It's got a fucking... People are going to be yeah. like, I don't know what that word means. It's yeah. like, I think this guy might yeah. be international in some way. I'd be lying if I said I, this is my first time having this conversation. This is the first time I've had the conversation with you about you having a multi-camp. <laughs> I've oh, fully well, I, had I, this conversation before. <laughs> I appreciate that. I do have an idea for a multi-camp. So when you're fucking, uh, you know at Phil Jackson Studios or when you're, you know, just checking boxes of what you can green light. Yeah. You know, reach out to your boy. Hey. After you fucked me on Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well I think I'm almost I've almost forgiven you for you know what you you know what you did. So <laughs> You want to activate. You want to activate someone's anxiety is just be like, you know, I finally forgiven you, and not tell them at all what that was about. Oh, that would kill just, me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would blow my. I'd be I, like, what the fuck did I do to them? I freak out when, like, if you were like, if you texted me and were like, "Yo, Phil, um, you got time to like talk?" Uh, in like the next day or so, I would call you immediately <laughs> and be like, "What's what's the matter?" I yeah. would just. I I need that. Even if you, even if it's a type of thing where you're like you need an hour to talk to me. You got to give me the top line so that I don't uh, have an anxiety attack. Oh, I feel. Uh, so feel I relate. Like, I can relate. I'm just like, oh man, what did I? Did I do something? Tell me, come on. Did I? Dude, what's up, man? <laughs> I can't relate to that more, and especially because I feel like I have a bar- a different barometer than most people for what's considered rude or offensive or mm-hmm. something. So like, I'm always afraid that like, there's a part of me I. That I'm like, oh, yeah, that person actually might hate me. And it's like, why? It's like, I think because I behave in a different way than they right. like. And they're like, no, not at all. And I'm like, oh. But if someone were to be like, Gabris, you know who uh, Phil wants to talk to you? I'd be like, 
yeah, I probably pissed him off and be like, really? I thought you were in four boys. I'm like, yeah, but I can see how I could potentially piss him. Like I can get myself in the headspace where I explain. I'm like, no, I can see how I'm annoying. And then you're like, wait, now you start apologizing for stuff that I don't even remember. (laughs) Like what? I'm like, oh, I can see what this is about. This is about the time I emailed you and you were like, no, it's not. But that's (laughs) fucked up. Now that you remind me. And also, why'd you send me that? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, we're all just trying to, we're all trying our best. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's, that's like the been my fucking uh, mission statement in uh, 2020 so far. It's just been like, don't forget what everyone else is going through shit too. Like that's all I yeah. keep saying to myself is just like when I get mad at someone driving and I'm like, everything now is just like, fuck, we're all just dealing with – you never know what else someone is dealing with. Yeah. But right now you do know at least a couple of things everyone's dealing with. So yes, there's like for, for sure. the first time ever you're like – yeah, all right, dude. There's fucking insane injustice and uh, fucking transmittable diseases. And on top of, like, who knows what my man is going through in his personal life. And yeah. so, like, give everyone a fucking pass for a Just couple give of months. A pass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you, especially with this year. But even, like, last year before the pandemic hit, and it, I think part of it is being, like, well into my 30s. And part of it is being in the entertainment industry where, like, it's it's hard to just have surround yourself with people that you can really fuck with and that fuck with you. Do you know what I mean? Just finding your circle. I think having a theater community definitely helps you find your tribe and stuff like that. But like, I found myself even before this pandemic being like just a little bit more intentional about uh, what makes me happy and like tracking a little bit more closely. Honestly, kind of brings it right back around to the side hustle conversation where it's like, okay, who are the people, who are the people in my life that I actually feel better when I spend significant amounts of time with them what are the yeah. things that I do that actually, when I finish doing it, I feel mentally better because I feel like, you know, I, I feel like in, you know, I had a great time in New York. I spent my 20s in New York, found UCB, did advertising. But it was like, it was like a, in a lot of ways, when I think back on that, it was like um, a lot of like searching, you know? Oh, for sure. A lot of like creative searching, professional searching, and almost at the sacrifice sometimes of like the things that I, there are things that I would say no to, I think. Now, being the person I am now, that I would just be like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do, you know, you know, I don't know if that's making sense. But, like, I feel like I'm just a little bit more intentional now. I think, and that's funny you say that because tying it back to the side hustle thing, it, I'm I'm with you on that. And I think it helps that when you get that little bit of success in the real hustle, like, now that you're a working writer, you're like – I, I don't have to do the things that I used to think I, I don't have to do everything that I thought I had to do. Yeah. Like, you know, like you could be like, oh, actually, that doesn't actually bring me as much joy. And I th- I feel like maybe I was just doing it because I thought I had to do it. Yeah. And now that you're kind of old, like you you got some experience and, you, and you're not like, you're not craving some sort of lick of success or yeah. a lick of progress in some way. You're like... Well, you know what would make me happy? It's just fucking taking out the keyboard and, you know, fucking around just right jamming. now. And it's like, like 100%. That, this happened to me like four years ago here with the beach. Like mm-hmm. I didn't go to the beach when I lived in New York. I grew up going to the beach. I grew up working at the beach, all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Then when I was living in New York, I was just caught up in the hustle. Never got myself out to the beach. It was too annoying. Then when I first moved here, I was kind of caught up in like, got to make it in Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. this, that, the other thing. And then I started just going to the beach once it's a the week. the best. And I'm like, oh. This is my favorite place. And like you were talking about like uh, you like art, but you can't paint like same yeah. for me. But 
I don't take photos, but I just like to go and just like look at what the fucking world looks like when you're standing on the end of a country. Yeah. And when you're standing on the end of the land and That's you're just That's a cool like, way of putting it. I love that. Look what the fucking world I'm looking at the rest of the world. The rest of this flat earth is just yeah. visible as I go out here. Yeah. But there, the beach for that was for me and I'm like I can't believe I wasn't doing that, but in my head I had to get to a level of success where it was like it's okay if you go to the beach once yeah. a week. Like Yeah. It's a, the Instead beach of, is an amazing resource. I totally agree. I mean, and also moving to Redondo, my appreciation for the beach went up a thousand percent. And now I'm like, I would go every, you know, almost every weekend. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I, I would well, go to the pier almost every night just to watch the sunset and stuff like that. And, and then great. you see why you see like a lot of people in LA don't understand the West side, or especially in our world of like yeah. all the uh, comedy people that live on the East side. Yeah. You don't understand like, Oh, none of your friends will ever visit you. And then you start, you go there, you hang out with someone who lives over there and you're like, well, do you need friends if you live in the fucking <laughs> marina? And so you got fun- <laughs> like yeah. The real ones will L- find you. <laughs> yeah. And that's why like a lot of my friends that moved to the West side, they're like, yeah, I just kind of have these West side friends now. And it's like, Oh, yeah. okay. Well I'll see you at a friend's birthday. They're like, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But, on Saturdays, I do stand-up paddle boarding, and on Sundays, I play softball, then go dump, jump in the ocean. It's that's like, so tight. Well, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, oh, a, that's a good life. I also think, uh, and like a small, like to what you're saying, I think it's like the things you do, and then it's like the things you don't do. It's like there's an example that I think was like a turning point for me. I was at, I was working, so my buddy, and my buddy was having a, his bachelor party in Las Vegas. He was there like from like Wednesday till Sunday. I could only go on saturday and then uh and and stay until sunday or something like that and i went on saturday we stay up all night it's saturday into sunday my flight's gonna be at like the next day at like five or six p.m so i can spend more time but we get back to like the place where everybody's staying and like i would have had to like sleep on the floor i'm like oh i don't love that and then uh like oh we could share the bed like whatever i'm like i'm not really into sharing i don't need to share a bed i'll just sleep on the floor and then i started to like set up my things to sleep on the floor and i was like or i could just get an earlier plane ticket and leave and so i just left (laughs) you know what i mean and i think there's like a younger version of me that's like oh man but oh my homie whose bachelor party is going to be upset that i only came for a little bit blah 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 blah. i booked the ticket i booked the earlier ticket told him that i was going to head out he was so thankful that i made the time to come didn't right. give it. Didn't give a shit. Nobody cares. No one cares about me in a good way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, no, right, like right. it's not like I wasn't doing like an egregious thing. Um, so I think like that was such a small example. But in addition to like the activities that I like, it's no, like learning to say that makes sense because yeah. you're like you you start to be like oh I gotta maximize I gotta be there I gotta do this I gotta do that. You're like technically you don't have to go to this at all. At all. But but it's nice of you to go. And if you're gonna make the sacrifice to go, do it on your own fucking setup. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I. Truly, you could have made one of five choices there. You're like, I went downstairs and got my own hotel room and said it's worth it to spend $300. Like, that's that adult shit where you just go like, this is going to make me happier right now. I'm just going to... And whether it's money or just like the choice of being like, you know what? I actually can't do this dinner tonight. Or like, do this... Uh, I'll, I'll miss. I'm gonna have to miss today's Facetime. Like yeah. just those small things, you know, are gonna make you happier. Is the power of no. <laughs> the power of no. Yeah, which is a hard thing to learn to say in oh, the man. creative business. Yeah, well, like, and also it's not how we were. That's not how we were bred as improvisers. Uh, to no. us, it was say yes to the show, say yes to the bitch show, say yes yeah. to this extra show, say yes to the spank, say yes to the, say yes to it all, and then eventually, honestly, I think that spirit of yes is a, is a is a huge part of the reason why. I ended up being fortunate enough to be able to get that first writing job. But then at a certain point, you got to recalibrate 
Yeah, and you got to start focusing. And, and, yeah. and yeah, and it's like those same that same attitude isn't necessarily going to bring me the same success. Like the metrics for success and the and the, and the means by which to get it almost change as time goes yeah. on. So. Yeah, and that and that saying that saying yes to everything is because it's fun, and then when you start to realize like, oh, it's not as fun because I'm worried about this yep. or stressed about that, and then all of a sudden when it's not as fun is when you got to say to yourself like, oh, then what the fuck am I doing? What are we doing? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, if I'm like that moment when you're like, oh, I do not feel like going to go to so and so's uh, yeah. to go do two lines in this thing or do you know? And you're like, the moment you decide that, oh, I don't have to do that uh, at all, and you're like, oh shit, I'm so. Uh, I say this way too much on the pod, but this guy um, whose uh, podcast I listened to, Tim Ferriss, back in the day, mm-hmm. he's he said, he said, use the next, use the this Tuesday principle. If mm-hmm. anyone ever asks you to do anything, because it's so easy to say yes to something that's a month away, two months yeah. away, three months away, he goes, in your head, say, imagine they're asking to do it this Tuesday. And do you want to do it? If the answer is no, you don't want to do it in six weeks. Damn. If you don't want to do it this Tuesday, you don't want to do it in six weeks. And it's like, that's the realest shit because eventually yeah. it will be this Tuesday. Yeah. And like, and that's that's what triggered to me to say no. Because it'll be like, oh yeah, I'll say. And then eventually it'll be like, all right, well now it's the third week in August where you punted yep. everything to. And you have 40 podcasts that you agreed to be on. Yeah. And now you're driving all over. You make zero dollars. You're stressed about everything. You're like, <laughs> and then by the end, you're mad at the person that's like you. Someone asked you to do their pod. You're there yeah. and you're mad at them that you had to drive to Silver Lake to do it. But it's yeah. you did your you whole did schedule this. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is the way the you know, per our conversation about how time moves in the pandemic, you book it six weeks from now, it's already here. Six weeks is tomorrow in a pandemic. Yeah, dude, yeah, you can close your eyes and wake up tomorrow and it's fucking God it's, knows yeah, what. Yeah, it's New yeah. Year's Eve already, basically. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil, thank you so much for coming on High Might. This was worth it just to fucking catch it up. Man, it's uh, so good to see you, man. You look good. You look happy. You look good too. I Thanks, said this man. off camera. I said this off mic, but I got to say it on mic. Phil's in a closet with a do-rag and headphones and mic, and he looks hard as fuck. He looks like he's about to spit something dangerous. Like <laughs> You look like the Hot homeboy. He's like, the guy who's like, yo, let, let Phil get a time on the mic. He's like, that guy? I thought he was just a straight like ex-prison killer dude. No, <laughs> yes. he's actually got some fucking uh, bars. Let him on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my do-rag era. Even though I have a bald head, the do-rag just feels right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Bro, so I had I I've been cleaning out my office as I nest here more and more, and I was opening a drawer, and I I was like, I think I had like four do rags in my drawer yes. from my, back when I was wearing them on Wild Out. I was like, oh, now shit. is not now is not the time to get fucking caught in a do rag and like peak cultural appropriation and like yeah. and I'm like I'm like. Let me retire these bad boys. Retire these the aren't going on for. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but I love that you have a do rag collection and that you're doing the right thing with it. Yeah. I was like, you know what I mean? Yeah, my guy. <laughs> hey, you know we all we all we all have to learn what's what, what's cool and what's not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, man. We're all works. In only progress. one way to find out. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that you just reminded me while we're talking about works in progress. Desus and Mero just. A long time ago, they were like, are you ever worried about like someone ant- about getting canceled or like you guys used to say shit like this? And th- well, they're like, when you find out that something is not cool, you just stop you doing stop it. Stop doing like, it. <laughs> like, yeah. And they were so real. And those guys are raw as fuck. They say whatever they want, yep. do whatever they want. But when they realize like, oh, that is something that people are offended by when you say, all right. That's I'm going to stop that. My bad. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm not... 
who wants to die on a hill of like well, I should be allowed to wear and yeah. no one is even telling me I'm not allowed to wear do rags I should say but like I'm not gonna die on the hill and be like no I gotta be able to say this like no, yeah. like, <laughs> no. you're in the wrong place <laughs> it's it, I mean some people will die on that hill and it's like I that's know. their thing and like I'm just like not that's not my style per se yeah <laughs> it's just I'm, like, I'm arguably gross and offensive and that's not even my style no Someone's it's like, not your thing bro no. you can't do that i'd be like oh, oh fair my bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you for the learn for the teachable moment i appreciate you <laughs> uh yeah your opinion in this case matters more than mine because it offends you and it doesn't offend me so yeah. let yeah so here we are uh, <laughs> But so, Phil, tell us tell us people about uh, where they can find you online or where they can yeah. follow you on Spotify and become oh, Spotify thanks followers. Thanks so much. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you can follow me uh, uh, on Spotify. That would be amazing. Uh, Redondo, the Redondo tape's coming out September 4th. We already got a couple singles out at this point. So go to Phil Augusta Jackson on Spotify or Tidal or Apple Music or wherever you listen to music. I would love it if you took a listen to what we got out there. You can also follow me on Instagram at Phil Augusta J. That's just the the letter J, Phil Augusta J. Um, and I update all the different stuff and poetry and all the side hustles that I got going and it's where I pretty much push it out there on Instagram so people know what's going on. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. And uh, I mean... Check out Insecure. Like, yes. I mean, that goes without. I, mean, that goes without. Yeah. I feel like Insecure does not need my boost on the podcast hey, but look, as much as the Spotify album might. Insecure is, fuck, this last season was so dope, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 I think I've lucked out with the writer's rooms that I've been in, and Insecure is just another amazing one. You know, the, the top leadership there, you know, Issa's vision for what she wants the show to be, Prentice Penny, the showrunner, and everybody I work with. It's just a really dope room, so I'm thankful That's to be awesome. there. And I was so excited with how this season came out, and we're writing up season five right now. I think it's going to be another banger. So, uh, Dude, that's awesome. I, I can't wait, man. Thanks, man. Uh, uh, so, listeners, I'm at Gabrison on all social media. Uh, listen to my pod- podcast, Action Boys. Download Phil's album. Follow him on Spotify. I'm sure this guy's got a few more EPs under his belt. We'll see. Him. Who knows? Maybe you'll get full length with fucking features. You know? Hey. I, I still got some bars. <laughs> hey, man. If you got bars, you got bars. Then we got to talk. <laughs> if I would like nothing more than down the line, if you're and when you record another EP, let me let me just do one of those like you know Maybach music or like you know one of those. Station tag type shit. DSO, DSO me, is the name of the click, so you, we can get you on uh, there. Let me just get a, a blunt rip into yeah. DSO or some shit into the mic. Just Put a little auto tune on it. <laughs> yep, yeah. DSO is a new Maybach. I like. I I, I like this. <laughs> I just want to be. I like hanging out at Sifes, and I just like yeah. to smoke weed and listen to rap. I can't mm-hmm. do it. But if you ever need a guy to just be. Keeping the fucking uh, keeping the, the lights right. on, keeping people keeping the vibes right. I'm I'm around. <laughs> well, look, man, if this shit opens up, you know, I, you know, I enjoy I enjoy a good uh, a good smoke session, a good or taking a good edible too. So, I I'm I I would love nothing more than for the p- pandemic w- to be over, so that you can just sit in the studio and get high with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck that, yeah, dude. That sounds like a dream that is like so far away right now that I, know. I literally. Bro, Love I was going to end this. It's funny you said that. I was going to end this with, like, I hope to see you outside the fucking back door of UCB sometime soon, man. Likewise, I feel like man. We used Likewise, to my dude. Get to hang out there on pleasure. Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again, Phil. It was good to Thank see you, man. You too, man. That was a HeadGum Podcast.